As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. everybody, what's up? Welcome in to the Athletic Football Show Fantasy Football Edition presented by KFC. Michael Beller and Brandon Funston here with you as we get ready for week four of the NFL season. Funston, we've got a good one on Thursday night. Bengals and Dolphins, plenty of fantasy juice in that game. But we're going to be talking about some guys who haven't had quite so much juice this season and what we feel about them going forward. How you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I, th- I feel like we're starting to, you know, kind of get some more tangible stuff to go on here. I've, have, I'm, you know, it's been a rough start for me in fantasy. I have a couple of my big teams are are struggling, but uh, we're trying to make, some, we'll continue to try making some sense out of it all, and uh, hopefully, we'll get back on the right track. Yeah, it's exactly what we're going to try to do with some guys who are potentially contributing. I guess they're almost certainly contributing to some underachieving fantasy teams. Maybe you have one or two of these guys and have been able to overcome what their slow starts have meant for your team. But uh, five guys who we're going to talk about here who definitely are not quite living up to the billing and what we should do with them going forward. The first guy who I want to talk about, Funston, is Austin Eckler. I actually feel like the obviously most early round running backs have not quite lived up to the billing this to this point of the season. I feel like it's been a little bit overstated. Like few of them have been bad. It's just that most of them haven't been, you know, what you expect when you use the first or second or third overall pick on them. Austin Eckler, in terms of just bottom line production, has been bad. The RB22 in half PPR leagues, 32 carries for just 80 yards. He has caught 21 passes for 139 yards, has yet to find the end zone. This Chargers running game is a mess. This team is now just stocked up with injuries, including what might be the most important one to Austin Eckler, Rashawn Slater, done for the year with a torn biceps. So what do you make of Eckler going forward? Yeah, I mean, if you look at historically his rushing numbers, you know, the yards per carry is nice, but he's not, he has not been a big guy that on the ground, you know, that hasn't been his game. The 21 catches you referenced, that, that, nets out to 119 for a full season pace. That's what we need from Austin Eckler. That's how we get the, you know, the high per touch, uh, you know, value out of him in fantasy. So I feel good about that. I, I mean, I think we look across the the board at pretty much all the Chargers. I know Keenan Allen's been hurt, but like Herbert, you know, hasn't 
you know, up until he got hobbled, he hasn't been himself either. I think, you know, if we're talking about this in the same vein next week after they play Houston, then it becomes a little bit more of a problem that's exacerbated. But I, we want Austin Eckler for his catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all expected touchdown regression from the 20 he had last year, 12 on the ground. And um, I, I think we're looking at Austin Eckler as RB 22 and half PPR as his floor. This is as bad as it's probably going to get for him. I expect it to get better, but I think the the moral here is is if you had him in your top five, you prop he was overdrafted. I think it's uh, you know similar to maybe like a Derrick Henry, where these were guys that probably should have went in the back end of round one that were going in the front end. Yeah, you know, like I'm very partial to Eckler, and I'm a little bit worried about all the injuries that are going on with this team. But I think if someone told you through three games, he was going to have disappointing production, but was going to have 32 carries and 22 targets, you would be like, all right, you know, I'll live with the bad three weeks, 32 and 22. That sounds pretty promising going forward, because if anyone was making a anti-Eckler as a top five, six pick argument, it was largely based on not just touchdown regression, Funston, but also just like usage regression. Isaiah Spiller was going to get involved, and he certainly has been involved, but that Eckler wasn't going to also be able to match the number of targets that he put up in 2021. And to this point of the season, even though Spiller's been involved, you're totally happy with the workload, just the pure workload, the pure amount of opportunities Eckler is getting on a weekly basis. You're definitely happy with that. You're just not happy with the production. And so I think that I feel pretty good about Eckler going forward. If he was someone who was being made available in trade discussions in one of my leagues, I would certainly engage because it it can't get any worse than this. And I don't think you want to go out and trade for Eckler just being like, oh, yeah, he can't be any worse than RB22. But I think he's going to be RB17. Like, RB17, this point forward, is not good outcome for Eckler either. But I think there's enough reason to believe in what the foundation uh, is that this could still be a top 10, top 12 running back for the remainder of the season. So I feel decent about him. I'm not quite so sure how I feel about this next running back. And actually, the last running back we're going to talk about on this episode, it's Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has 24 carries for 100 yards on the season. Just 11 targets. He's got five of them uh, for 19 yards. He is the RB51. To be fair, he did miss a game with injury, but I look at this New Orleans Saints team, Funston, and I just get a little bit worried about what the offensive environment is going forward for for Kamara, and maybe he's just not exactly the same guy he was as recently as two, three years ago, and so that makes the calculation, I think, a little bit different on Kamara than it does for Eckler, even though it certainly can't get any worse for Kamara either. Yeah, you know, and he has a torn rib cartilage. And Virginia, Virginia Zakis from The Athletic, who does the injury reporting, said this is a very painful injury. It's worse than a broken rib. And you can play through it, but it's incredibly painful. And it, and it lasts about a month uh, before you can start feel like you're turning the corner on it. So he's playing through that right now. we got to add it in there. You mentioned the Saints. And, and I, I, my thought was Saints offensive identity and who are these guys and what, yeah. like, who is, what's the hierarchy of the passing game and how much are they, you know, how much is Kamara mixing in with that when you now you have three legit wide receiver options? The fact that Jameis Winston hasn't really been great at uh, making running backs excel in the passing game in the past. So, yeah, you factor all this in there. And the nice thing about Kamara is that he wasn't costing you as much as Austin Eckler. Sure. Um, and we have seen him from week to week. Volatility has always been a thing with him. You know, when the dust settles, the numbers usually look pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. still sort of banking on that. Um, 
And if you got them at the early summer price as opposed to the late summer price, I think you're just fine. Because uh, I think the idea of, of his off-the-field stuff and the suspension is kind of you know something that we're going to kick kick down the road, and you're not going to have to worry about that so much. So now it just comes down to production. He's not super healthy right now. I think it's going to take a little while for this Saints team to figure out what their identity is. But when in the wash, I feel okay about Kamara. If I told you you could acquire Austin Eckler for a back-end RB1 price, are you saying, yeah, I'll do that, or are you taking a pass? I think I'll do that. Uh, one thing we got to remember is that Justin Herbert was like the odds-on favorite for the most passing yards and the most passing touchdowns. He hasn't been, and this passing offense hasn't been what we thought, but that just creates so much more room for Austin Eckler to operate both in the running game and in the passing game. That you know, Keenan Allen comes back, you get more out of Mike Williams and, and Josh Palmer, and but really more out of Justin Herbert. Um, it's, it, a lot of this has to do with this offensive line, as you mentioned. But if that if that's going to be okay, then Eckler's going to be okay in my mind. All right, and then Alvin Kamara. If I said, you know, back end top twenty running back, you can go out and get him for that price. Does that feel okay to you? Or are you trying to get him for a little bit less than that right now? Well, I, I I think that's okay to me because you mentioned it. There is a lot of running backs that haven't come online yet, and they have some mm-hmm. issues going on. And a lot of running backs in that original top twenty. So I don't know that I feel appreciably worse about Alvin Kamara than a whole lot of the other guys that are in there. Interesting season thus far at the running back because again, it's I feel like the oh my god, what's happening with running back is like a tiny bit melodramatic. It's a tiny bit overstated because most of them are having fine seasons. It's just that they're not having these monster starts to the season. Really, everyone other than Saquon Barkley. So it's a, it's just an interesting group. I think that ultimately is going to settle in a way that looks right by the end of the season, but right now certainly doesn't. And these guys at the top of that list. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Funston, wide receiver one who I want to talk about here is DJ Moore. Now, DJ Moore, 18 targets on the season, has caught just seven of them for 88 yards and a touchdown. He is the wide receiver 61, Funston. That is an ugly number to be looking at next to DJ Moore's name. You can't really argue with the uh, the the target percentage that he has on Carolina, but uh, Baker Mayfield looks terrible, Funston, and I think a lot of us were thinking – all right, DJ Moore's played with bad quarterbacks for his entire career. Baker Mayfield looks like maybe the best one. Maybe that's not true, and this could be something that hampers him all season long. How are you feeling about Moore if you've got him or if you're looking at maybe trading for him? Yeah, you're taking some of my talking points there, absolutely. I mean, I think Baker Mayfield looks awful, and uh, you know the expectation for him was that he would basically provide Moore with the best arm that he's had to work with, and mm-hmm. so far not so much, and Christian McCaffrey's kind of feeling the brunt of it as well. Um and then you look in Cleveland where Odell Beckham went there and, you know, kind of in the, at the top of his game and, you know, things went down the drain in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield and he wanted out of there. And, um, and so I'm a little bit worried about DJ Moore cause I have him everywhere. And, um, but here's what I, yourself. yeah, I just look at this from the 10,000 foot view of, okay, you're Carolina, your offense is stinking. 
And your two best offensive players are Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and they're both mm-hmm. being underutilized and and not put in the you know in the position to show what they can do. I think it's going to be a point of emphasis. I absolutely think, uh, you know, again, we talk about give it the next couple weeks because if I'm a coach, and this seems very obvious to me, we need to get Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore more involved because DJ Moore at the wide receiver position, one of the best in the league when the ball is in his hands. You know, he is his yards after catch kind of guy he's, he's you know he yeah. came from maryland he has some similarities to former terrapin stefan diggs as well i mean they're they're similar ilk as receivers so you know i i'm already worried that he's not going to live up to my lofty expectations going into the year but i do think we will see a correction towards the better here in short order yeah i mean it couldn't not get better of course and i guess that sort of trade analysis for all the guys we're talking about here but i mean everything you say about like the coaching staff knows I have to get him going. That's especially true when you're a coaching staff that knows uh, it seems like your time in Carolina is running short here. And so how could you possibly save your job? Get those guys going, get those offensive players going because you've got some pretty decent skill talent on this team. Obviously DJ Moore is a big part of that. And if you get them going, maybe you could save your job. Maybe you can pull yourself out of it. I don't know if Matt rule gets another shot at, uh, at picking and running with a quarterback and building a winning team. But either way, you know that you got to try to get uh, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey a little bit more. I would say in McCaffrey's case, just more productive. And in DJ Moore's case, more involved. Get the ball in his hands more often. An interesting guy that I think to look at uh, over these next couple of weeks as Carolina maybe figures something out with that offense. DJ Moore, let's do the same exercise here. Um, top 24 receiver, are you still willing to pay that price if that's what uh, the his owner is asking for in the trade market in the league of yours? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit beyond that. Maybe top thirty mm-hmm. you're talking about, but there's you know, there's guys in that top thirty discussion that are producing right now yep. that I would be hard to you know. I, I just I think DJ Moore is a bench until further notice kind of kind of guy, and I think this is going to be the same for the guy we're going to talk about next. But <laughs> I, I, I am out on DJ oh, Moore boy. as a wide receiver two right now. I just want wide receiver oh, wide receiver three production going forward. Funston, what if I told you that uh, someone who is doing this show who happens to be wearing a backwards hat also had Allen Robinson and DJ Moore on the same team, on one same team, and how that team might be doing? Let me just say something. For that team, thank God for Jalen Hurts. Thank God for (laughs) Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence and it being a super flex league because if not for those guys – Allen Robinson and DJ Moore would be absolutely dragging that team into the muck. Allen Robinson is the next guy we are going to talk about. The same stats as DJ Moore. Seven catches for 88 yards, just 12 targets in his three games. He has found the end zone once. Wide receiver 66. Funston, I'm not on the fantasy show with you and Jake anymore, so I haven't got the opportunity to say this with you guys. I think we whiffed on this one. We were all very high on him. Now, to be to give ourselves a little bit of credit, most everyone felt very good about Allen Robinson getting out of Chicago, going to Los Angeles, Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, that offense, wide receiver twos have always produced in that offense. I think we just whiffed, and I think this yeah. is going to be ugly all season. We were all riding that hot air balloon, and we're all falling <laughs> oh, yes. as it's been popped. <laughs> the bubble has burst. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think it was going into week two that they said they needed to get Allen Robinson more involved. And so he got five targets. He got four catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. The next week, he was down to two targets. I mean, that's that's two weeks out of three where he's had two targets or less. Um, Mm -hmm. And now Van Jefferson's out. That's your hope here, right? Like, typically, this has been plenty of an offense to support two wide receivers 
and a tight end. I like. I mean, it kind of seems like Tyler Higby's kind of elevated into you know wanting to be that number two guy. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jake, you know, just to kind of steal on what Jake was talking about, how in week one the Bills double teamed Allen Robinson and let Cooper Cup get his, but not let somebody else burn them as well. It's a copycat league. I haven't really dove into how much other teams have tried to follow suit on that. But, you know, I think there's been a game plan in place against this Rams passing game that seems to be sort of working right now. Um, And that, unfortunately, is bad for Allen Robinson. So, I mean, he's in the DJ Moore class. I'm not cutting him yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm certainly not playing. I don't know what someone like you does when you can't play both Moore and Robinson. I don't know what your bench is available is like. I mean, the bench looks fine. That team also has yeah. Chris Godwin. I mean, that, the wide receiver situation on that team is just an absolute mess. So I'm <laughs> definitely still playing DJ Moore. And that's not just a happenstance thing. I, I feel like I'm a little bit higher. Or, or maybe higher is not quite the right word. But I, I feel a little bit more secure in what Moore's role is in Carolina and what the production can still be there. That I feel okay about starting him. Definitely do not have the same feelings uh, about him right now that I did on draft day. But I still feel okay about starting him. Allen Robinson is just like is just the prototypical bench until proven otherwise because this is just this is ugly this is ugly and just like it just it just doesn't look like the juice is there like anyone can look at the box scores and anyone can look at the season-long stats and say yeah this this is bad but you watch them play and you watch him running his routes and it just looks like he is incapable of getting open and that's just not going to work even with a quarterback who is not afraid of tight window throws like Matthew Stafford. I just think that this this can't work. This cannot work until he proves otherwise that it can't. Well, it's, it's so, so crazy. We've seen two top 15 wide receivers in this offense like plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And if it's not Allen Robinson with no Van Jefferson there, you would think like is it going to be Scourneck? I mean, are we is there a like it's got to be somebody. Like I, I just, I, it's hard for me to believe that the Rams could wallow, uh, you know, in this. Or you yeah. know, it's just, it's just more Cooper Cup all the time. He, although he, even he was down last week. It's Arizona though. Cup never does anything against Arizona apparently. So I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's bad. It's bad. And like, so on an Allen Robinson team, like I would, I mean, sixty cents on the dollar. From his draft day price, I'd probably be comfortable giving him up for. And, like, you start to think about what that is and what that means. And the ceiling there is so low on, like, 60 cents of the Allen Robinson dollar that it almost becomes, like, a need-based thing. That it's like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm, 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 I've got a zero at tight end, so I'll go ahead and trade Allen Robinson for, you know, whoever, like, tight end 10. Like, and, and like there's just – there's almost nothing you can do with him because you can't play him, you can't cut him, you can't – move him for what you're likely going to get because it's just not going to be anything like everyone who doesn't have Allen Robinson feels like they dodged a bullet this season. And that's just not something that you really want to be dealing with in any way. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You have Allen Robinson and you see someone, okay. uh, Like Zay Jones out there producing week in and week out, getting targets and you Uh can't get yourself because of the name brand and because of the cost, you know, that you put into Allen Robinson, Uh you can't get yourself to just cut him outright. But I think most people that are shrewdly, you know, watching and analyzing this stuff would say, God, I just would rather have Zay Jones on my team right now than Allen Robinson. But you're kind of stuck. You know, you can't make that move because you got to try to salvage something for the Allen Robinson. Like you said, you got to go out there and try to get 60 cents on the dollar. And I'm with you. I'd probably be look for that. Zay Jones, also a Jacksonville Jaguar, just to 
twist the knife a little bit more for Allen Robinson. <laughs> One more receiver here. This guy I feel okay about. It's Brandon Cooks. But I think yeah. we should talk about him. I think it's worth talking about just because the production hasn't been there for him. 13 catches, 29 targets, 158 yards. He's the wide receiver, 53. He's getting 10 targets a game. Davis Mills is his quarterback. You had to know that there were going to be some up and downs, maybe some uh, false starts to begin the season when Davis Mills is your quarterback, as competent as he looked last season. Brandon Cooks has pretty much always delivered, including with Davis Mills last season. This one I feel okay about. This is one who, out of out of all the guys we've talked about here, Funston, I'm really just sort of figuring this out now. Out of all the guys we've talked about on this episode, I think Brandon Cooks is the one who I would feel closest to his draft day value about as we sit here going into week four. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely with you. I had this in mind coming in. It's like Brandon Cooks is a guy I just don't – I have no problem. You mentioned the 29 targets. as 13th among wide receivers. You're basically getting 10 targets a week. Uh, you can go back to last year. Look at week four through week seven. Uh, no touchdowns, 47 yards, 23 yards, 89 yards, and 21 yards. That was a – that was a dry stretch last year that was worse than mm-hmm. this year. You look back to the first four games of 2020. Uh, he had two game or three games of 23 yards or less. And yet he always seems to, you know, things tend to just work out in the end for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are going to be some ups and downs along the way, but I, as long, we always say follow the volume. Cooks is getting it. He's proven it in this situation before. Really no reason to, to you know, hit the panic button. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. I really feel okay about him. And I guess generally okay about the running backs we talked about off the top of the show, too. It's just, you know, here we are going into week four. And I think even though we feel okay about these guys, for people out there listening, it, it's perfectly reasonable to be concerned about them. Like, don't feel like uh, you're, you're a crazy person or that you uh, are, are doing something wrong if you are starting to look at that panic button or even hit the panic button on these guys because. Yes, Eckler and Kamara, they were supposed to be the heart and soul of your team. DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, they were supposed to be solid week-in and week-out contributors. So it makes sense that you're already thinking about that. We are one-fourth of the way, Funston, into a typical fantasy football regular Mm -hmm. season. So it it gets late early in fantasy football leagues. Perfectly reasonable to be concerned about these guys, and that's why we talk about them on the Athletic Football Show. Fantasy Football Edition presented by KFC. That's it for us here. We are all done. Please... Subscribe to The Athletic Football Show on YouTube. You can find these full shows on YouTube. If you like to look at our faces and see what that backwards hat I reference looks like, you can go ahead, subscribe to that YouTube page, uh, Athletic Football Show. You will find a link to it in the description. Also, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. Funston and I back with you right here, same spot, next week, going into week five. Until then, good luck in all your leagues, and we'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.